Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We have a full weekend to recap. Mac, we had some ACC shenanigans happen. I think specifically in South Beach, that was a true ACC game. You even tweeted it out. It's totally going to happen. We got to give Miami some credit because they look better, but so many games to break down. Mac, how was your weekend up in Bristol? It was a long weekend, KG. I just can tell you that. Number one, because of that late nine game, NC State just made me pull my hair out over and over and over. Uh, But a lot of really good games, a lot of close games. Uh, This entire weekend that just kind of made you on your edge of your seat, don't know what's going to happen. We saw Georgia Tech convert two onside kicks back-to-back. I've never seen that ever. (laughs) And I actually think the stat was – our, our researcher did a great job. I think it was 2016 was the last time that that happened. Uh, Louisville looked fantastic. Hughes got their first ACC win. Uh, and then there was a basketball game that happened up in New York at, uh, I can't remember where Wake or where Army is. Where is West Army? Point. <laughs> at West Point. There was a basketball game that actually happened up in West Point instead of football. So a lot of great games, KG, a lot to break down. It was an awesome weekend. That game was ridiculous, the Wake Forest game that we're talking about. A lot of these games have been close, Mac. That's kind of been the name of the game with ACC football is you have close games. You're really not going to have blowouts. So let's get into our big four breakdown here on a Monday. Wake Forest now up to 13th in the poll. First of all, can we pause there for a sec, Mac? Because this is a 7-0 and Power 5 team at 13th. That doesn't sit well with me. Now, I get it. Look, they didn't schedule well in the non-conference, but even a uh, Wisconsin or something that didn't schedule well in the non-conference would be higher than 13th. I don't it, – it, it rubs me the wrong way, Eric McLean. What about you? Yeah, me as well. Uh, they're, they're being treated as like a Coastal Carolina or, or like a Memphis or – a Cincinnati of old, if Oklahoma you Oklahoma State hasn't beaten anyone. Yeah. They're way up there. I mean, they beat Texas, but like Texas is overrated every year. Right, exactly. So it's crazy to look at, uh, but poll's coming, Kelly. It is coming. And That's we right. We don't That's have right. to talk about this one anymore very, very soon. Mac, it felt like most of the national media was picking at least Army to cover in this game, and some were picking Army to win outright. When we talked to Sam Hartman during their bye week, that told me everything I needed to know. I did not think Wake was going to stumble here. Wake Forest beats Army 70 to 56. Yes, that's a real score. 70 to 56. And they only had the ball for 17 minutes. Mac, this Wake Forest offense was just purring like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> it was crazy to watch. Guys, the over-under was 52 going into the game. I have never seen an over-under get matched. By each team. I mean, it's absolutely bizarre to see. And the fact of how Wake Forest did it was just, it was nuts. I mean, the fact that, as Kelly just said, 17 minutes of football was played and somehow there were 70 points. They had 640 total yards, only 52 plays. I mean, you just do this math in your head. And it was all led by Sam Hartman, who went up for 460 yards passing at 80% a clip. Uh, for five touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. It it was just impressive is an understatement. 
the the plays that he was making, the RPO game, that slow draw that we talk, spoke with him about, and, and he was hitting bombs over the top, and then, of course, the complimentary run game. So Wake Forest playing very, very well. The key to this game, if you guys remember from Friday, was for Wake to play discipline assignment football. They didn't do that, and it didn't matter. <laughs> Their didn't. offense was so good. But defense, I am starting to get a little worried, Kelly. These last couple of games uh, from Wake Forest, they, they've been giving up some points. And that was our question mark coming in. You know, can that defense, you know, are they going to be able to to win? Are they going to be able to, to do anything? Or are we going to have to see Wake score 70 to win these games? Now, it hasn't been a problem. Offense has been producing. But when you give up almost 600 yards, uh, and, and a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of easy touchdowns, that that concerns me moving forward and probably why FBI and Vegas and others just don't feel super confident about Wake Forest in regards to championships and, and playoff appearance. Well, I get that. Now, I think, you know, this is Army. It's a completely different task. So I'm not sure it's this game I'd be worried about. I think it's more, you know, giving up 30-plus to Syracuse, and some of the games they've played there. But when I look back on Wake season, I I see what they did to Virginia. They stifled Virginia up in Charlottesville. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to take the Army game and say this is is a huge issue. They gave up 35, I think, to Louisville, whatever it was. But Louisville's a good offense, and Malik Cunningham's tough to stop. So I get it. I get the concern, but I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. Will it be a reason they lose a game? Probably. But I don't think anyone thinks Wake's going undefeated. They're probably going to stumble just because this defense was probably going to let you down at some point. Yeah, and November gets really tough. I mean, we, we yeah. talked about how that schedule, uh, where it is to start, where it is to finish, two very different places. I think they're only favored. We we did this on the show Saturday night. I think they're only favored in one of their remaining four or five games. So a really tough stretch. Those guys are going to have to lock it in and, and keep being the great team that they are. I don't think there's any question there. Leader Sam Hartman and, of course, head coach Dave Clawson are, are going to push those guys and you know just get them in the necessary situation to continue to be successful. And if you missed our Sam Hartman interview, go check it out from last week. He was really, really good. Okay, let's talk about Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Mac, we both picked Syracuse in this game. They were a three-point dog. I thought Vegas was giving Virginia Tech a little bit too much credit. Sean Tucker continues to be that dude. And Virginia Tech continues to be a team without an identity and without buy-in. I think that really showed up, Mac. I I will tell you this. The one thing that was interesting to see, because I did not think this at all, I I thought the under was going to hit, and and I was confident, of course, like you were, that Cuse was going to win. But both these teams scoring points. I mean, out of nowhere – Offensive yeah. explosion, and for Virginia Tech, Malachi Thomas, where the heck did this kid come from? He's a true <laughs> freshman. He's like six foot two, six three, two hundred and something pounds. He rushed twenty one times for one hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns. It was like at one point, every time he touched the ball, and I was watching the screen, he was running for a touchdown. I'm saying, where the heck did this kid come where from? Where has he been? And why is he just now playing? So it's crazy to see, you know, if if you feel good moving forward, maybe that's the spot. Uh, but other than that, a lot more just kind of concerns for VT. But let's get to Cuse. Their first ACC win in like 100 years. So proud of them. It wasn't a three-point yes. <laughs> game finally, although it was super tight the entire game. Really a, a fantastic game by both of these guys. Sean Tucker went for over 100 yards for like the billionth straight game. 
He now is back leading the country in rushing yards. And Garrett Schrader, this one-two punch between Sean and Garrett in the rush game specifically, it's been unstoppable. I mean, he went for 170 yards, three touchdowns. Total, he had over 405 touchdowns. So they're playing at a very high level right now. They're so fun to watch. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be winning the ACC, KG, but Syracuse much improved, super fun to watch. Right. We're, we're not telling you Syracuse is going to go out here and, and win the division, but we have been big Syracuse fans here on this program. Okay. We are Syracuse people. We just enjoy watching them play. They're fun to, they're fun to watch. They're unique. Let's look at Virginia Tech for a second here, Mac. When you look at the rest of their schedule, they are currently three and four. Is Virginia Tech getting to a bowl game? They've got Georgia Tech, BC, Duke, Miami, UVA, but only one more of those games is at home. Well, to be honest, KG, that might be a good thing. It might be good that they're at home because they have been atrocious. I think it was something like 12 and 17 maybe. Is that the stat now? Where they just can't win or 12 and 15. They do not just, they can't win in home field advantage. There is no such thing as home field advantage for these guys, which Except is Except for the UNC game. Right. That's the only which, time. <laughs> it, it's just, it's so disappointing. It's nuts to see because those fans love football, they love their team. And for whatever reason, VT just not being able to get it done. So when you look at this schedule, I look at Georgia Tech. I look at that quarterback who who is turning up at 300 yards today, Jameer Gibbs playing out of his mind. I don't think that's a win. At BC, a really tough place to play just because of environment. It's probably going to be really cold, probably some bad weather. That's a night game. Um, that's going to be tough. Versus Duke, you're probably getting a W there. Miami just looked like a brand-new team. Who knows what they're going to be. And then you have Virginia, at Virginia, who is playing very, very well. So – it's looking like it's going to be a really tough season. I only see maybe two wins there, which puts you at five for the year, which guess what? You're not going bowling. It's nuts to see this. And on the flip side, Mac, could Syracuse possibly do it? Could they make a bowl? They have Boston College next week at home. They're already a four and a half point favorite. Okay, let's say you win that. Then you have to find a way to beat either Louisville, NC State, or Pitt. It's going to be tough, but the fact that Syracuse is even in this discussion is pretty incredible when you look at what happened last year. And they have to be kicking themselves with the Florida State game, the Clemson game, the weight game. If you get one of those, you're really in the driver's seat. But you got to look ahead. I think they have a chance. I think so, too. And these really, these next two weeks versus Boston College, they're coming to your house. The lack of identity there for BC. And then at Louisville, a team that offensively very, very good. But the defense, I mean... You should feel super confident going against those guys. So I think if you can get those two wins right there, it would be a massive, massive accomplishment for Syracuse going from one win to post-freaking-season. Come on, KG. Yeah, and Dino Babers squarely off the hot seat if that happens. For and sure. I think already he kind of is. All right, let's get to the game that everyone was talking about, Mac, the Clemson-Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh beats Clemson 27 to 17. You and I both picked Pitt. We weren't, I wasn't very shocked by the overall result. I thought Kenny Pickett and Pitt was going to be able to score right about in this range, 27 points. Now, they scored 27. They did have the pick six, but they also milked the clock late. So 27 is probably about right. And the question was can Clemson score? 
more than that. And they just couldn't. This offense continues to sputter. It, it has no real identity. It has no rhythm. The Will Shipley drop was obviously huge. Who knows how the momentum looks if that doesn't happen. And then, of course, the shovel pass pick six, which was just bad. If that doesn't happen, this game is, you know, those are big what ifs, but those did happen. And that's football. And DJ was benched for Tyson for a couple series. Overall, Mac, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, really exactly what I expected. Now, outside of those crazy turnovers, the the shovel pick six, I, I didn't foresee something of that nature happening. Uh, but but this is what I expected to see from Kenny Pickett. Uh, I mean, he is taking unbelievable strides forward. He looks so calm, cool, and collect. His offensive line did a great job protecting him all night long. He went for 64% completion rate, 303 yards, a couple of TDs. But the biggest plays of the game from Kenny Pickett, KG, came in the last drive to ice the game. It was third and seven, and then a third and six. And Kenny Pickett gets both of them. And, you know, th- there are times that we yeah. – there are plays. He was yeah, great. There are plays that we call Heisman moments or, or Heisman, you know, th- this is when they won the award. I'm not sure if those will be it just because the unfortunateness of Clemson being very down this year. But those will be on the highlight reel. Th- those will be in New York when he's up there, when they show how good this guy is because of the impact that those plays had on on that game and icing the game. He's just a winner. He's a competitor. He's a guy that you want to start your team and build your program about. Pitt was able to finish on a 15-play, 7-minute and 56 seconds, pretty much 8-minute drive to end the football game. And I think that was kind of a picture of the entire game, just absolutely dominating. Uh, it, was, it, it was fun to see you know, Kenny Pickett executing this offense, executing at such a high level. Pittsburgh and, and Kenny, I mean, I, I think serious Heisman conversations, QB1 NFL draft conversations. This guy has passed every test that he's thrown at. You saw what he did in Knoxville against Tennessee. He he owned them. He beat them single-handedly. And now what he's able to do against the Clemson Tigers, I, I'm just, I'm really excited for Kenny Pickett and what he's been able to accomplish. He looked like the fifth-year senior who has complete command over his offense, who knows exactly where he wants to put the ball, who trusts his receivers. I thought that was a huge part of it. And, you know, let's not bury the lead here, Mac. Yes, DJ was benched. He was. Overall, yes, he had that bad pick early, but he also had the touchdown drive, eight plays, 80 yards. And then Will Shipley had that pick, or that pick, sorry, that drop. That was just, oh, so costly. And I thought that Clemson's receivers really let DJ down. Now, overall, DJ still struggled. He still had moments where he just wasn't accurate at all. And that shovel pass pick six cannot happen. That basically sealed the game in many respects. But I know that many are saying Clemson overall is the most disappointing team in the ACC, maybe the country. I agree. I would say the most disappointing position group in the entire country is Clemson's wide receivers. I mean, that's for a program that claims to be wide receiver U. The wide receiver product that Clemson's putting out there right now is really tough to watch. It is. And the biggest thing is how just how head-scratching the problems are. The the skill is there. The 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 ability is there, but the execution has not been. The the lack of attention to detail has not been. And and it's it's just super head-scratching because I know Tyler Grisham is a fantastic coach. I know that he knows what he's doing, what he's talking about. He's been there, done that. He has won a Super Bowl in the NFL. He was a fantastic 
college player. And, and so for whatever reason, from the practice field to the game field, there there's a disconnect. And, and so you just wonder, what is that? Is it complacency? Is it guys reading press clippings where folks like myself saying this is one of the best wide receiver groups we've ever seen at Clemson and and it just not getting there. And those guys, you know, again, like I said, maybe just falling victim to that. We're all human at the end of the day. And when everyone says that, you know, our stuff doesn't stink, eventually you're going to listen to them. And I think that's a little bit what we're seeing here from these receivers. For sure, Mac. And then, you know, overall, I think both of these things were true. I think Kenny Pickett played really well. And I think Clemson's defense played pretty well. When you have the pick six, Clemson really only gave up 20 points. Now, again, Pitt probably scores on that last drive if they want to. So I get that. But overall, you put up a very good fight, the best fight of the year against Pittsburgh's offense. But you just couldn't find any offense yourselves. And then you see Matt Bockhorst is out for the season. The injuries are starting to pile up for Clemson. The injuries are not the only reason. There's no doubt. But the injuries are playing a role. And I feel like I've said this so many times for Clemson this year, but you just have so little room for error. And if you make a mistake like that pick six, if you don't capitalize on opportunities like the drop that Shipley had, you're not going to win. You just don't have any room for error. I completely agree with you. And just going back on the injuries, it it is honestly baffling to see. I think of a couple of recent other examples, maybe 2017 UNC, a team that was just decimated with injuries 2019 NC State crushed mm. with injuries and you saw the results of both of those teams terrible can I add in the 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 year Notre Dame went four and eight yeah injuries I mean it's nuts to yeah. see how a little thing here and there can add up to 20 30 something guys out scholarship guys guys that matter guys that are very important superstars not playing and so we're starting to see that I think it's starting to creep over to the defense, the pressure, the amount of time those guys are on the field, yeah. uh, the, the lack of depth because of injury. And, and it's, it, it just stinks to see, especially if you're a Clemson fan, especially if you're a fan of this league and, and have seen the greatness from those guys for so long. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Clemson finishes. Versus FSU this coming weekend at Louisville, versus UConn, versus Wake Forest, and then, of course, they're – in-state rivalry at South Carolina. I'm not saying at all that bowl or or postseason is out of the question. I I think surely Clemson will be able to do that. But are they done losing football games? I'm not just – I'm not too sure about that. I don't think it's out of the question, but I think it is in question. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think UConn's a win. And then beyond that, you've got some questions. Speaking of bowl eligibility, UVA is now bowl eligible in the ACC already. Wake Forest is already bowl eligible and Pittsburgh already with six wins. So you've got a couple bowl eligible teams there. All right, let's talk about the final game in the big four breakdown. NC State loses to Miami. Mac, I love what you wrote here. You wrote, I hate Vegas. I hate FPI. I'm disappointed in NC State. I think that sums it up pretty well, Mac. Miami beats NC State 31 to 30. But listen, that there are certain things that, you know, God will do for us, whether it's, you know, helpful or hurtful. And and this was helpful for me. He put me on ESPN2. A learning moment? It was a learning moment. He put me on ESPN2 all day long, so I would not be on ACC Network screaming and shouting and slamming my (laughs) fist down saying, NC State's going to destroy these guys, because that's what I would have been doing, and I would have looked like a total idiot, and I'm so thankful that I didn't get that opportunity, but man, let's just start with (laughs) Miami, because a fantastic win 
the fact that TBD, that's what we're going to start calling him, Tyler Van Dyke talked his talk and then walked all over the Wolfpack was nuts, Kelly. I mean, the confidence, the swagger. If there's a place that loves swagger, it's the University of Miami. He just threw for a casual 76%, 320 yards, four touchdowns, and really just he was dynamite. He could do no wrong. It was incredible to watch that. And then the defense, I was very impressed, maybe for the first time this year, with their tackling. They got after NC State tackles for loss, tackles for no gain. I thought it was going to be bully ball just from what we have seen from NC State, and that wasn't the case. They could not get any movement because of the twists, the stunts, and the things that Miami was bringing. So is this what we're going to see from Miami from this point out? Probably not. Who knows? Is this what we're going to see from NC State? (laughs) Probably not. Who knows? That goes to just tell you how bizarre this conference truly is. But, man, just a great job there by Miami. It's so bizarre that Miami could totally beat Pitt this weekend. I think Don't they could. You I think Miami plus eleven and a half is like the easiest thing in the world right now. Oh my gosh! Look, TVD, TVD's a baller, and I've seen a lot of people talking about the idea. Well, what if Miami? What if Derek King had moved on and Miami could have formed this offense around TVD from the jump? What would have happened? I think that would be that's very interesting. That's a big what if. And look, Charleston Rambo finally looked like the guy we thought he was going to look like. He had nine catches for 127. He was great. I felt so bad for Devin Carter. Devin Carter had some rough drops. That I mean, I know that happens, and this is a guy who's made plays all year, but that was really stunning to see from him, Mac. Yeah, especially in, in such a big moment, understanding what's in front of you. You know, you expect your big-time players to make those plays, but as I've said already on this podcast, we're all human. We all make mistakes, and unfortunately, there was a few mistakes made there that that really hurt You know his team. But going back to the Miami and the play calling and building around his offense, I think what was really cool to see was how aggressive Miami was from the jump with TVD. I mean, we, we have seen them kind of ease him in and call some plays here and there and you know, make him feel okay. And then the second half, okay, he, he's ready. They went from jump street, and, and it was great to see that. Yeah. Really loved the play design, that there was a great call out of the backfield to get my man Rooster, as they like to call him, Jalen Knighton, uh, kind of a, a, a quick wheel route, a rail route, if you want to call it, and just a great design, hit him and let him do the rest. And uh, all night long, I mean, we saw great decisions from Van Dyke and uh, just calm, cool composure in the pocket against the ACC's number one defense. I mean, shared number one defense between them and Clemson. I mean, it's it's 1A, 1B, who kind of steps up in what category, but just a great job by Miami. As I look at the rest of Miami's schedule, I think they should probably make a bowl, Mac, which is crazy to think of what we were saying about Miami a couple weeks ago. They have Duke and Virginia Tech still left on the schedule. I think they could probably get both of those. They've got Georgia Tech. They have Pitt next week, of course. They have Florida State in there. They they have a chance, which is pretty insane. They just got to win three more. I think that'd be a really good step. And then you can build around TVD in the offseason, look forward to next year. Of course, we'll see what happens with Manny Diaz. But if he leads them back to a bowl, I wonder what Miami does. His buyout is also huge, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Miami has, My, Miami has no money. So, I mean, there probably is some donor that could say, yeah, I'll front that. But, you know, you only have so Who many Who are you going to go get? Cristobal? Exactly. 
Exactly. You still got to pay him. No. You got to pay the buyout you know, it, and then pay him. Funny, it's funny. People always bring that up. Crystal Ball is not taking that job. And I know you're, you're just saying a yeah. name that you've certainly just heard. No, I agree. But yeah, you're he, right. Why would he take that? He, You know what job he's taken? Alabama, Alabama when Nick Saban retires. That's we didn't even talk job. about this before. We have never talked about this before. We're totally on the exactly. same page. We should do a podcast. I say that all the time. Um, <laughs> I, let me, why you mentioned that, that the rest of their schedule, I think the two teams moving forward that are really going to be kind of the hardest to predict who are they going to be? What are they going to do? Or I'll even say three teams, FSU, Miami, Syracuse. I think those three just show such flashes and have showed flashes in these last couple of weeks that you're just like, I have no clue. It's really a toss up each yeah. and every week. Now I think Pittsburgh, I, I'm, I'm going to pick them pretty heavily, but you know, just looking at, at the rest of these games, it's, it's tough. Cause you don't know what team's going to show up. You, you really don't. So anyway, guys, before we move on to the speed round, I want to tell you about our friends over at on three from the founders of rivals.com and 24 seven sports on three aims to be the college destination for not just for the fans who don't just love the game, but the spectacle that distinguishes college football from other major sports. I saw that these guys tweeting about it saying, hey, look, we learn so much from rivals. We learn so much from 24-7 sports. We are going to make on three the best that we ever have with national news, with fan sites, and then the database, guys. It is coming so soon. I'm hearing things of January is going to be when this is launching. It's going to be the ultimate interactive resource, ranging with NFL, draft info to recruiting profiles, everything in between. And really, the goal of this is going to be for fans, for current players, and coaches. They want this thing to be so encompassing and so full of data that it really honestly can be used by anybody. Full of data. That's what we're going with with On3. And guys, make sure you check out our friend Matt Connolly over at ClemsonSports.com. He does a great job with the On3 fan site. When other ACC fan sites launch, we will be doing some stuff with them as well, so we're very excited about that. But right now, Clemson Sports is the only one, and Matt does an awesome job. Mac and Matt do some great stuff over there. Mac does some breakdowns. So you're going to want to check out ClemsonSports.com and subscribe there. They have some really good deals um, for not a lot of money, you can get a very good deal for a whole year. That's ClemsonSports.com and On3.com. All right, Mac, let's get to our speed round. Let's run through some of these games. Some interesting ones in the speed round. Let's start with Florida State. They handle business against UMass. UMass is terrible, but they scored 59 points, 59 to 3. It's so weird. We're heading into a Clemson FSU game where neither team is ranked for the first time since 2010, and Florida State has momentum. This is crazy, Mac. And I am terrified. <laughs> EJ, the Clemson if, alum is coming out in Mac right now. FSU somehow wins. EJ is never, and coach, are never yeah. going to let me live it down. They're going to remind me. And JC me. will jump in on you JC, because he's the, the bandwagon of bandwagon fans, will find a way to throw his three cents. Some people have two cents. He has three cents into every conversation, and I am terrified of this happening. Anyway, we told you guys what FSU needed to do in this game. Don't lose. They clearly were not anywhere close to that. <laughs> Don't lose. Get the ball to Corbin, and they finally did. Honestly, I would have loved to see more, but 11 carries, 127 yards. He He's so good. He's a great running back. It's so fun to watch him. And then let JT go crazy. He had 100 yards passing. 
right under 100 yards rushing. It's great to see these superstars emerging, the offense around them. Now, you're not going to be able to run the ball for 365 you know, yards against Clemson. You're not going to be able to only throw it 15 times. I don't think they, they necessarily were doing that because that's who they are, but you know, a, a team like UMass, the Minutemen, uh, just run the ball. That's all you need to do. Make it quick, get out of there, uh, and, and get the W. That's exactly what Florida State was able to do. They handled business, and also Louisville did as well. Louisville beat Boston College 28-14. to Speaking of running the ball, Malik Cunningham, 16 carries for 133. He really did it all on the ground. He did have two picks, made some interesting decisions there. And that's what we were concerned about with Malik because he was getting better in that regard. But BC, without Djokovic, they they just look like a shell of themselves. They, they absolutely do. I mean, this is 120% a what-if year now. Uh, I Last week, I told you guys I was on the fence, and, and that's all I could think about. But now it is. That's just that's what this year is going to be. And they're 0-3 in conference. That uh, They have no identity. They're trying to figure out what kind of team, what do we want to do, who do we want to be. And it's just unfortunate. And, uh, you know, so much talent. I hope a lot of these guys can come back for another year and hopefully play with uh, that, that great quarterback in Phil Dracovic. But, you know, it, it seems like this is just going to be a real missed opportunity with all this talent around them and just not having uh, a quarterback as dynamic, you know, as Phil Dracovic is. The QBR from Dennis Grossell in this game, a whopping 15. It, it's just, it stinks. It stinks to see that. And, uh, you know, it, it's just who Boston College is, unfortunately. But as you said, Cunningham, I mean, he's so good. He's so fun to watch. There were multiple times, KG, that I was watching this game and he's sprinting around, juking guys out. And I'm just like, is Lamar back? Is that Lamar Jackson? I mean, they, they look <laughs> is that so, Lamar? Yeah, put my they, glasses they just, on. They look so similar, running the ball, the way they cut, the way they celebrate. Uh, so, so really a lot of momentum here for Louisville getting a big ACC win and, and getting back in that win column. All right, Mac, let's finish up with our final game of the weekend here. Your six and two Virginia Cavaliers who are now receiving nine votes in the AP poll. Keep an eye on that. That would be a really good win for Wake if they could get ranked. Think about that. Virginia beat Georgia Tech 48 to 40. Georgia Tech tried to get back in this game. It was crazy at the end, as you mentioned. Brennan, 29 of 43 for 396 and four tutties. Like it's no big deal. 12 carries, 99 yards, two tutties. Again, this guy is outrageous. He's absolutely outrageous, Mac, and Virginia gets it done. 500 yards of offense by yourself, six touchdowns. You, you love to see it. And I think that running piece is something to really keep an eye on, guys. Yeah. Because that's he just kinda, has to stay healthy. Yeah, oh, it, it yeah, worries me. Yeah, I mean, get the body cast back out, KG. Whatever we have the to do, cast. roll them up to the game, open it up, say, hey, bud, <laughs> go get it. Good luck. Figure it out. Um, but I, I think that that is the – that's the final piece, you know, for the Virginia offense and, and just its its final form, if you will, is that quarterback mm. run. You know, having that ability uh, to, to truly do it all, it's so dependent upon that to, you know, I think open so many other things up. They had 240 yards rushing. It was That's very huge. impressive to see. Just every time they touched it, they were going for eight-plus yards. And, and so Brennan, he, he's, a, he's a magician. It's so fun to watch this guy. We, we did a tape on them. Saturday and and you know we don't know what to call this offense of Virginia so I'm just calling it it's just backyard football it's having fun yeah. it's putting your best players in situations to be successful and the leading passer in the country is extending his throne and and you know widening his kingdom it's it's just really fun to watch and then you know when you look at Georgia Tech I, I think that this team is 
they're so close. They're so close to to really being a solid team in the ACC. The the evolution of Jeff Jeff Sims into you know more of a true quarterback has has been really fun to watch. He went over 300 yards for the third or fourth time this year. Great to see Jameer Gibbs finally have a really big breakout game. Uh, so that two, one-two punch, as always, is just so fun to watch. And guys, another big week coming up. Can't wait to break it down. We'll have a great guest on Wednesday. And then Friday, of course, as always, we're going to break down the weekend. Some really cool matchups, some really important matchups uh, for this continuing conference standing uh, and, and it all shaking out to who's going to be playing in Charlotte. So thank you all for listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.